You're listening to the Nice Girls CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Benavidez, and I am so passionate about women and maybe a few good men too, who are ready to live on purpose and make an impact. So if you want to be a leader in the world and build a business that makes a difference, and you want to be bold and confident so you can show up and stand out, then this is the place to be. Ready? Let's go. Hey there. So we all know that time is such a precious commodity. We all want more. We all feel sometimes like there's not enough time. And the reality is we all have the same 24 hours a day to do the things that we want to do. And in our business, sometimes this gets overwhelming because we get stuck by doing too many things, which sounds a little bit funny, but it happens because we have so much to do and we're not being focused and productive on the things that will actually move the needle forward, move us forward to our goals, right? It's the stepping stones to get there. So in this episode of Nice Girl CEO, I am talking with Rachel Arnold, and she's giving us some tips on how we can be more productive and manage our time better so that we get things done. She talks to us about a jam session. You're totally going to want to start those. I definitely am starting them. And just the idea of multitasking and actually the myth that that's a good thing to have or to do. All right. Time management, multitasking, jam sessions. Rachel Arnold, let's go. Listen in. Hey, friends, welcome back. It's Lisa Benavidez here. And today I have Rachel Arnold as our guest. And we're going to be talking about time management and more so just about how to be the most productive so that you create the success that you want in your life and in your business and make the impact that you are meant to make. Rachel, welcome. Thank you. So excited to have you here. Uh, Rachel is a certified business coach. She's a speaker and entrepreneur. She is a girl mom, just like me. She has two daughters. I have three. So I love that about you as well. And, you know, she just helps small business owners that are in it every day. She kind of helps them become more aware of those everyday issues that might be holding them back. Rachel, tell us a little bit more about you. How did you get started? I actually started my business in 2010, so I've been a business owner for about 10 years now, and basically I was tired of working the regular old retail life, and I, my big passion is I love kids, I love dance, and so I opened a dance studio. I was in the middle of a divorce, and so I knew I needed to make it work, and I really just got in the trenches and worked as hard as I could. And I'm really excited about helping other people make their businesses successful as well. Very cool. I think that's important to have somebody like you in their corner because it can be really overwhelming sometimes. And we want to grow and we have these ideas, but sometimes we don't even know how to handle those little things that really make a big difference. Definitely. Okay, so let's just get started. What are a few tips that you have for us in identifying those kinds of things and how to overcome them and how to you know, make it so that we can have the success we all desire? Awesome. Well, I realized whenever I first started my business, I had just finished going through my divorce. I was dating a great guy who ended up, I ended up getting married to. Uh, one of the things that I ran into is whenever we first started dating, he worked whenever I was working. 
But then his schedule changed and he wasn't working when I was working. And we started having problems after we got married as far as making sure we were doing things when we were supposed to and we were both holding up our end of the bargain and that I was making time to be a wife as well as also being a business owner and you know how hard that is trying to balance everything yes (laughs) yes it was very hard so what I started to do is I made the weekends my weekend it's always family time it doesn't matter if it my email was blowing up. I wasn't going to stop and answer an email if it was on the weekend. The other big thing that I did was that during the week, I only answer emails at certain times during the day. So usually at around 1 or 2 o'clock, then I'll sit down and answer all of the emails for the day. And then I don't look at my email again until the next day at 1 or 2 o'clock. Because I realized that whenever I was trying to multitask by checking my email, you know, really quickly here or there, that I wasn't putting all of my thought and energy into it at that moment. And I was dividing my attention from things at home. So uh, that's what really helped work for me. The other big thing was that I do what's called a jam session on Mondays. So I put out for two hours on a Monday morning, I get up, I make my coffee, I grab breakfast, and then I just hash out everything that I need to do for the week, whether it's making my grocery list, whether it's making, setting up all of my meetings, my schedules for the entire week, anything that needs to be handled that are just a day-to-day item, then I try to knock it all out during those two hours. That way, if anything else that I'm doing throughout the week are just small potatoes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I have a question though. Because what about for somebody whose business is a little bit more email involved? Because I totally get the not checking emails all day long. I mean, that's helpful. But when a lot of client work is coming in via email, how do you suggest somebody handles that? It would depend on how their business worked. I still would set it up to where at certain times during the day you would check email rather than constantly refreshing and sitting there waiting for your email to pop up. If you're doing that, you're still wasting time by sitting there staring at your email inbox. Yeah, no, it makes sense a lot, actually. I think, um, I think that, like, for example, I, my background is events. So we've done event planning for almost 16 years. And a lot of the clients talk to us. And even with the hotels and venues, it's all through email. So it's like constantly getting updated. And it's a little bit of a fast paced, especially when we're getting into the planning and and events coming up. But setting those boundaries, I do agree are really important. Because if I don't do the actual work, then I'm I'm just checking emails and I'm making lists, but not getting actual work done. So yes. you said you do that jam session, which is, sounds so fun. I really love that. You do it every Monday. Do you also check in daily just to kind of revisit what's going on for the day? Oh, definitely. In the morning, I usually sit down for 10 or 15 minutes just to double check everything. And that would be my checking in. I still will check my email first thing in the morning just to make sure that, you know, the my business didn't burn down or anything happened overnight. <laughs> but it's... Not, I'm not going to respond to emails till about one or two in the afternoon. It's just to quickly, briefly go through it, make sure everything's okay for those 10 or 15 minutes and to prepare myself for the rest of the day. Very cool. Well, I love that. And I admire the boundary setting because I think too many of us wait until we're bombarded to create those boundaries. And yeah. 
we need to reverse that. I mean, if we're already in it, then obviously it's not that it's too late, but it's time now. And if you are just getting started in your business, that needs to come first. That, that's the foundation piece. And if it's not in place, you're going to get trampled on, right? Definitely. Well, there's, there's a saying that talks about how, I mean, ba- boundaries are basically the best thing you can do, not just for yourself, but for your client. Because if they think they can get a hold of you all the time and you're not there all the time, then they're going to resent you for that. Mm. If they know that they can only get a hold of you at these certain times or to expect a response from you at a certain time, then they'll be looking for it at that certain time, not 24-7. So good. So creating those boundaries for yourself actually can also empower your clients to do that for themselves, right? Definitely. Well, it, it tells them what to expect from you. Right. It makes it totally. to where they know when to get a hold of you. And they know, hey, since you know Rachel is only available at around one or two o'clock, if I shoot her an email really quick, I might actually get a response. Love it. So when you're helping people, do you sometimes find that they might need to check email or social media or whatever it is, like two or three times a day, depending on their business? They can, depending on their business. I still would suggest cutting it down. I think that we're too attached to our different outlets. The other thing I would talk about doing is instead of giving your client 75 ways to get a hold of you, such as um, (laughs) Facebook Messenger, texting, phone call, and email, pick one and really stick to it. If they contact you on a different route, then just say, hey, could you go ahead and shoot me an email with that same question? I have it written down, but I want to make sure I can route it back to this point. Mm, like that a lot. Do you use any other kinds of systems or tools in staying organized? There are a couple of different ones that you can use. Um, most of the extra tools that I've used, I can't think of what, oh, here it is, Asana is one of the ones that I use with my employees because I can set out their tasks for the week mm-hmm. whenever I do my GM session. And I can also set up uh, like check-in on those tasks in the morning when I do my 15-minute check-in because my business is in the evenings. So most of their work is in the evening and I, whenever I check it in the morning, then it should be updated. Gotcha. I have used Asana. I actually use it with one of my clients. So I'm a little bit of a different in a different category probably because in my business, I use Trello, but with other clients, sometimes I have to dive into Asana or even teamwork or other kinds of project management tools. Yes. And so, or not controlling, but really getting clear on what I'm doing every day and where I'm checking different outlets every day is really important to me. But I think finding the one that works for you the best is helpful. Yes, and Trello is great as well. Yeah, I love Trello, um, but I have learned to love Asana as well. I think that they've made some changes that make me like them more and like some of the reasons of why I liked Trello. But I also think Asana is a little bit more um, advanced in a sense, right? Like you can, it's easier to grow with a team using Asana versus Trello. Yes. And it's also great if you have a client who has other people working under them or for them, because you can set tasks for them as well through it. Right. And subtasks and all these different things. (laughs) Definitely. It works great. Yeah. Very cool. Well, do you have any other tips for us around this? The main thing is be in whatever you're doing 100%. Um, if you try to multitask, that was one of my big things that I learned after having kids that made it super hard 
was I was trying to answer an email or a phone call while still being present with my child. And mm -hmm. I learned that that did not work. And really where it didn't work, you, you find the weaknesses in your marriage first. And my husband was very open with speaking to me about, you know, hey, I feel like we're not talking. You're not really here because you're over there on your phone checking your email or calling. I just learned to be in whatever I did 100%. If I'm home, I'm home 100%. If I'm working, I'm working 100%. And you have to do that because if you're 50-50, you're never going to get it done the way that yeah. it should you'll fail somewhere. It's kind of like um, why texting and driving isn't a good idea because if you text, you're not going to actually, while driving, you're not going to get your point across because you're not thinking clear enough to put forth a full text message. And then if you're doing that while driving, you're more likely to get in an accident because it doesn't have your undivided attention. Right. You have distractions going on. I actually heard this, you know, multitasking is not a good thing. Probably... 10 years ago. And I remember thinking like when you're filling out a resume and you're applying for jobs or you're telling people like why you're so awesome, multitasking was always something that like people pride themselves on and, and say, Hey, like I can multitask. I'm good at it. And when I heard the speaker say that, you know, if you're multitasking, that means that you're not giving your full attention to any one project. So they're not getting your full attention. They're not getting your best. And like you just said, you know, things are going to fall through the cracks. And when she said that, I was just like, oh, what a light bulb. And as a mom, I feel like I do multitask just because I'm a mom. I might be having, you know, cooking dinner and um, having to check homework or remind them to go get ready for bed or whatever it is. So, but I'm, I'm multitasking in my mom role. I'm not also on a phone call or, you know, checking emails like, like you were saying, when I'm home, I'm present with my family. I work from home, so when I'm home working, I'm present with my work, and I've created these boundaries even with my children so that we all are on the same page and we all understand what's going on. But I, I mean, I agree with that multitasking is just not a great idea, period. Definitely. I, I used to pride myself on being good at multitasking, but I read this great book. It's called um, The Myth of Multitasking, and it's by Dave Crenshaw, and mm -hmm. After I read that, it really was a light bulb. And that's what made me really rethink how I was working to where I was working smarter, not harder. Yes. I got a whole lot more done doing jam sessions to where I committed 100% in that moment versus trying to do multiple things at the same time and nobody being happy. Love it. I'll definitely have to check out that book. Yes, it's a great book. Cool. All right, Rachel. Well, I am going to link your website and how they the my audience can connect with you on Facebook as well. But before we sign off, is there an action step that you can share for everyone to take pretty much immediately and implement what we've just talked about that will help them move forward or take a step forward at least? I would say the big thing to do is to cut out time. It doesn't have to be on a Monday. It could be on a Friday to where you do your jam session and you get everything that you really know are hot items that have to be done. Make sure that you're moving rocks and not socks. So it's the big, hard, heavy hitting items and not the small fluffy things. Hit those out in that one to two hours. And then that way you can just kind of touch back on them for the rest of the week and you'll have more time to get things done. Love that. So good. Thank you, Rachel, again, for being a guest here on Nice Girl CEO. And I look forward to chatting with you again. Thank you so much, Lisa. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you really enjoyed it, I'd love for you to write a review and share it. Also be sure to connect with me in my Facebook group, Social Impact Squad, and follow me on Instagram at NiceGirlCEO. Hope you have an awesome day. Go take action in reaching your goals, and I'll see you next time.